Well, good Friday morning, everybody. It's the 14th of January, and my title today is How to Win Your Tug-of-War with Sin. Yesterday, I brought up the tug-of-war that we are all in as we battle our sinful flesh, our porn-filled world, and the demonic forces that we are warned about in Ephesians 6. Now, some of you may think that demons are not a problem for you, but I think you think that to your peril. If you think that they're not real, then just read the Gospels and see how many times Jesus dealt with demons. And why would God tell us about the full armor of God we need to be putting on every day and the tearing down of strongholds that are built against us? There are at least seven times Jesus specifically cast out demons of specific people. And there are a number of times where we're just told that he healed people and cast out demons in a crowd. Plus, when the disciples returned from going out by twos, they reported that they had cast out demons as well, as did the disciples after Jesus returned to heaven, as recorded in the book of Acts. Now, I mention this because I do believe in demons, and I know that they are able to have an influence in the lives and the families of Christian believers. However, I also know that Jesus gave us his authority to cast them away and deal with their evil influences on Christians who may have given them a foothold in their life by the choices they've made. Now, can a Christian be demon-possessed? I don't think so, but I'm not absolutely sure. I do believe that the Holy Spirit of God indwells every Christian, and so demonic possession seems unlikely to me. But here's one thing I do know. We can overemphasize the role of demons, or we can underemphasize the role of demons. What I do know from my own personal experience is that there are times when I believe I'm being harassed by demons through lies that I'm tempted to believe. I have also struggled with depression and anxiety since I was in my late 30s, and sometimes what one thinks might be demonic could also be really attributed to mental illness or mental health. However, how do we win this tug-of-war we are in with our flesh? Now, this really gets to the heart of why recovery from our sexual brokenness is so difficult. Now, I did receive an email from someone yesterday about my email or podcast, and I really appreciate when people email me back or ask questions or make comments. He said, quote, I love your analogy about the tug of war, but disagree with your conclusion. I don't have to wait until I'm glorified to be free. I'm free now. Not through my strength, but through Christ. And he goes on to explain that. I really appreciated his response, and I do believe that we can be experiencing freedom from sexual sin in our lives. But it doesn't just happen. It's the result of doing the things we're told we need to be doing 
to live the Christian life and believe what God teaches us. I am experiencing freedom from sexual sin and temptation now in my life, but that doesn't mean I'm not at times tempted. Even if I never sin again sexually, however, there are plenty of other sins with which I have to do battle. So how do we win this tug of war we're experiencing in our lives with our flesh? It really comes down to this question, the more basic question. How does one experience a normal Christian life? The normal Christian life where we're experiencing every day what helps us grow closer to God, deeper into a community of believers helping one another, being filled with and walking in the Spirit while putting on the full armor of God. How do we experience that? Well, just like there are things we have to do to maintain our physical health, there are critical things we need to do to be experiencing the freedom of God that he wants us to have. That will not be found in a life of comfort and prosperity because we don't feel our need for God when everything is going well, right? Unfortunately, suffering is a part of this formula, and we learn, as Paul had to learn, that when he was weak, God was strong. And to keep Paul weak, God allowed a demonic spirit to continuously torment him. Yes, that's right, the Apostle Paul. Listen, breathing, drinking water, and eating food are the three most essential things that we need to be doing to stay alive and reasonably healthy. Yet, there are times when we can be doing those three things and still become unhealthy or ill. So although there are spiritual things that we need to be doing on a daily basis uh, in order for us to remain spiritually healthy, it actually comes down to doing them. Now, we can have and maintain ongoing freedom, but it will be the result of fighting the forces against us and maintaining our spiritual and physical health. However, it is foolish to think that we'll have everything under control and no longer be tempted to sin in any way. One thing I think we all need we all need to realize is that we should not be overwhelmed in this battle and believe that we can never win. We will definitely win, and oh, by the way, we will win forever in heaven. It is just the remaining days that I have in this life on which I need to focus. And it is doing those things one day at a time and in a community of other believers which will make all the difference for you. Listen, you may be tired of me saying this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Every week, I sit in on 10 of our 14 online support teams. And as we close the session, praying for one another, almost every single man will thank God for being on the OST, the online support team, and thank God for how much the team has been helping them 
They're so thankful that no longer do they have to battle this alone. Weekly, they're telling the truth to one another. And if one has fallen, the team helps them up, helps them learn from the fall. We learn from our mistakes and helps them set new boundaries that will help them continue to learn how to walk in purity. Even more powerful is the fact that not only are they accountable once a week, but every member on every online support team is supposed to communicate with their team daily using GroupMe or WhatsApp. They're supposed to do that every day so that they never have to be alone again, facing the temptation that has been devouring them for years. Listen, I know I mention this often, but it is because I believe it's critical for you in your recovery. And in this ministry, God has placed on my heart uh, concern for every person 180 touches. Listen, all of us need this weekly accountability and daily support. And it is because at 180, we want to be helping more men. That's why I keep mentioning it. We have about 200 right now in the 14 online support teams, and we can either find room for you in the existing teams or we'll start a new one at a time that works for you. So listen, my friends. Why keep losing this battle alone? You know a lone sheep is a dead sheep. And you can become part of an army of men fighting and helping one another. Just email me, doyle at me.com. That's D-O-Y-E-L at M-E dot com. And I'll give up for a while pushing these groups. God bless you, my friends. I do hope you have a great day in the Lord. I hope you have a plan for this weekend. How are you going to get through it? When are the times you're going to be alone and tempted? Figure out your escape strategy now because you won't be thinking about it while being tempted. God bless you. Take care. And goodbye.